This is the Effin' Rad Snowboarding Podcast. I'm Eric Trollson. Wow, this is a great way to climb mountains and come down, you know. For our reception, our Vulcan buddies brought acid. I was dropping in and snaking people and causing shit. I remember calling on the radio and I'm like, Brushy, where are you? You know, Greg would do the tricks. He was kind of like the Tony Hawk of snowboarding. I mean, people just really gravitated to the backcountry. I liked Craig, but he didn't really care for me too much because I was a little shithead. Hey guys, welcome back to the F and Rad Snowboarding Podcast. And if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome to the show, where we interview snowboarders who shape the sport. Our first interview of Season 2 is Russell Winfield, as promised. I joined Russell down at his lake house, where he was jamming out on guitar with his friend and fellow snowboarder, Mike LeBlanc. He's really fucking cool, and his house is gorgeous on this awesome lake, a long way from upstate New York, where Russell grew up. I grew up in a town called Rye, and also I was in school in the city, so I lived in the city, 10th grade, 9th grade, something like that. I went to a boarding school for, like, first semester, and it was so brutal, dude. I packed all my shit at Christmas and fucking came home. And I was like, I'm done with school for the year, Mom. Like, I'm good. Not old enough to be this burnt out on anything. My first board is kind of fucking corny and cheesy, but it's super true. It was, like, the Performer Elite, like, that was the first board with metal edges, and it still had the fucking skegs on it. I fucking got one of those. It was just all golf courses in New York. But it was sick because we had this one golf course that had an elevated tee box, and so, like, it went down, and then there was a sand trap right next to it. So you could fucking drop in on this tee box and fucking drop into the sand trap and do fucking airs back in. So... From there, I went, and we still had to get certification. And I had gotten to the point where, like, I could rip around down the hills and, like, in the powder. And I was like, I got this shit. So I went up to Stratton. I'd never ridden on hard pack. And I fucking had my skegs on, and I went up the lift to get my certification. And it was fucking ice, dude, and I couldn't turn. Like, I just, and they were like, you need to go take your skegs off. I was like, fucking assholes. Why didn't you tell me this before? Right, right, right. And then, what did I ride? I think I rode... A yellow barfoot freestyle. Yeah. Like people don't realize that the reason snowboards had rocker back then was because you couldn't flex them, bro. They were fucking horizontal lamb, and it just was an ironing board. And the only way to get that thing to turn was to have it pre-flexed, i.e., fucking rocker. Yeah, that was kind of horrible. But when you don't know no better, you're like, fuck, this thing's the best thing ever. I can go in reverse and everything. Sweet. Yeah, it had to so I. uh had been snowboarding, and I moved up to Vermont and just took the year, the rest of the year off and shredded with, like, Matt Mitchell and Doug Burns and Trisha Burns and Ross. And we had, like, that whole Stratton Mountain Allegro thing, which was, like, the pre-Stratton Mountain School team, and just ripped around. And we had a race, which sucked, but... So you get well, in a speed suit and stuff? Oh, yeah, full nine hard boots. I can rip that shit. Fucking the worst. Like, I can't... I, and remember looking at my coach and being like, dude, when I turned pro, I was such a cocky bastard. I was like, when I turn pro, I'm fucking never doing this ever again. No. Like, you had to do it. Yeah, you, yeah. I didn't want to do it. It was like, that was just how it went down. Yeah, totally. And then I uh, started riding for, what was it? I think it was Mistral. Russell was getting ads and magazine shots on Mistral, who helped give him the opportunity to travel to the West Coast to meet and compete against the top riders in the world at that time but he quickly found the contest scene ground on him. I was at the Nationals at Mount Hood at Timberline with, like, me, Dale, Rocket, like, everybody was there. And the pipe was so shitty. 
And, and I went up to the judges before the contest. I was like, hey, man, is there anything you guys can do about this thing? And so they, they kind of got bitter on me and Dale and Rocket. And they didn't kick us out, but they just didn't give us any scores. So I got super bent and called my mom and was like, Mom, fuck this. Kind of funny to say that. Like, I got mad and called my mom. Mom, the West Beach is up in Canada. I want to go up there and do that contest. She's like, yeah, fuck it. You know, go ahead and do your thing. So I went up to West Beach and... uh Oh. Yeah, it was epic. Sure enough, and this is the year after New Kids on the Talk came out. So yeah. Dogger, for some people, it was other ones. But that movie, to me, was like super light bulb. I was like, ooh, just watching Roach yeah. and fucking Slaz. But mostly Roach, dude. Like, Roach's style is so ill still to this day. You're yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. whew. Like, you watch that, and it's just, it's butter. Because being at Stratton, we got to watch all the West Coast dudes that you'd see in magazines and stuff. Just ripping that Stratton pipe with that style, and I'm just, and so I'm at West Beach, and I'm I can't remember one of the Canadian, one of the homies is like, hey man, Mac Dog and Sean Farmer and Nick Parada are looking for a place to stay. They're here filming, and I had a big room. They're like, and I was like, yeah, sure, they can stay with me. I'm not tripping. And so uh, went did the contest at one day, and Dog they're staying in the room, and we're going out and getting wasted. So the next day, Dog was like, hey man, you want to come, you know, ride with us? And I was like. Yeah. And so it was like me, Maury, Johnson, like all the all the Canadian dudes yeah. ripping. We rode the wind lip. We rode those those blue. Remember uh, Black Homies to have those blue wind snow yeah, fences? Yeah, yeah, we were yeah, yeah. fucking 180 in those. It was epic. Rode the footage. quarter pipe. Oh, my God. And so after like three days of that, Dogger was like, so do you want to just come on the road with us? And that was like my introduction to real professional snowboarding. It was like a trip with Sean Farmer and Nick Parada, and I'm still fucking scarred from it. I think. <laughs> Dude, I'm not even going to get into some of the shit that went down, but it was amazing that nobody ended up in jail. Like, Were those guys just, their you know, mode of operation was fuck shit up? That's it. They went so hard 24-7. It was amazing. Like, and I just thought that's what it was. I was like, okay, I guess this is what it is. I can do this shit. Fuck it. We went from Whistler to Baker. rode with Jamie. That's from Jamie's part for Pocahontas and the yeah. Canyons. And then we came here to Seattle and went to the first snow con. And then we went to Utah with like uh, George. What's that dude's name, Mikey? Um, George. Uh, used to have the Rozzies. He had this photo on the, with the 90s sweatshirt on the fucking... Exactly. Oh, I remember that photo. George, George yeah. someone, Benny, who owns Milo, and all them dudes, Andrew Brewer. So it was just like a shit show, constant shit show. And then we got to Colorado. It was like Megan Pishke and Bayaki might have showed up, like Salaz. And I was so fired up and just doing shit so above my pay grade. We had the, the cow fences and we put one up. And I tried to fucking back lip this thing. And I fully dislocated my shoulder, like, seeing Star, the whole nine. Hung out in Brick for a couple days and flew home to New York with Mommy. And fucking sat and watched soaps for, like, six weeks. And then right back out to Whistler. Did you feel like you had footy at that time? Like, oh, yeah. I, I didn't know. I knew I did some shit. I mean, you never know. You were riding, you were riding bird boards by that point. Nope, Mistral's. Oh, that was Mistral's. Yep. Right, and so then that next winter, I was in Vermont and like traveling a lot with Brush. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Tim Pogue was like, "No, you're coming with us." And I was like, "Absolutely." Yeah. And like they they send. I remember getting the first 
group of boxes from Burton. Yeah. And it was fucking... Mikey can attest to this. Like, when Burton wants to show you something and show you how big and cool... Dude, they sent me so much shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, they sent me... I was the second person ever to ride a brushie. Like, and Rowan actually still has that board. The second Jeff brushie ever made. Oh, that's sick. They wouldn't let me ride it during the photo shoot. I was so pissed. I had to ride, like, an Air 6 or something. Yeah. It was, it was rad. Like, that photo shoot was epic. Russell rode for Burton but got an opportunity to jump ship to the newly formed Ride Snowboard Company, which offered a chance to be a bigger part of a smaller company than Burton, but had a lot of promise to grow, which they did into one of the most recognized snowboard brands in the world. Ride started in 92. Yeah. So I've been in and out of here, and then I left California and Colorado. I was burnt on both of them. Moved up to North Van, like nine months or something. My mom died, went back east, and then just decided, fuck it. Just going to stay in Seattle. So I've been here ever since. So Tim Pogue calls me up and he's like, well, I'm leaving Burton. And there's one thing I'd learned. It's like, dude, if somebody's feeding you, follow that fucking food because the next dude might not feed you as well. I was like, well, I'm coming with you. Fuck it. So went to ride. And at that point, after the Burton shoot, I just stayed in Colorado and hung out because I'd been kind of living there a little bit, like back and forth. And then we all, me, Jake, Dale, I'd been cruising with them all, like half, most of the winter when I wasn't fucking doing the U-Jump contests. We all moved to San Diego. Like, it was epic. Because I had gone on a, like, brush you had to do something, so this dude, Trent Smith, that winter, was like, yeah, bro, hop in with me, we'll go. Because we were, like, squaw, and there was a snow summit contest in, like, two weeks. He was like, come on, we'll go to Mission Beach. And I'd never been there. I was like, oh, yeah, February, Mission Beach, I'm doing this shit. Went down there and was like, wow. And this was like pre-everything. So it was just fucking Shaka Bros and skaters everywhere. And it was just super hot, really willing women. And so it was me, Dale, Jake. I think Nate stayed at the house for a little bit. And then Ford moved in and Matt Smith. And I was telling him, I was like, dude, we got this new company. They got a bunch of dough. They're going to hook it up. This is what I think. I'm doing it. I think we should all do it. And so besides Ford. I didn't really care about Ford. I didn't think he was did, really I, relevant. I would have thought that he was there and then he courted you saying like... like no, dude. In Ford, my mind, I imagined him being No, the Ford was the last one in the ship. Oh, fuck. Really? Yeah. Because he was going to do his... He had a company. Him and Noah Brandon had Unity. Like so once he had already left Burton. Yeah. And he's struggling with Unity because that never really worked. Yeah, no, yeah. dude. Right. Like all the photographers and everybody loved him and loved the chicks him. probably loved him. But yeah. like as far as like... We all did that, and then it was just epic. Yeah, it was nonstop hilarity for a couple of years. But it seemed like Ride only had half the plan. You know what I mean? Like, it seemed like Burton bought the team and then paid for the team to shoot photos with everybody and submitted those to the magazines and put pressure on their guys to get editorial. It seemed like Ride bought the riders and said, you guys got to show up for a photo shoot. For our fucking catalogs, and that was that. That was it, dude. Yeah. Ride was real grassroots in the marketing. As much as they did big shit, you got to realize that it was just a lot more fucking lifestyle than the actual sport. And it wasn't even a sport. Let's call it a fucking activity or some stunt shit. Now, there's kids, starting with Sean White, who fucking don't go to school at like nine years old 
and have parents who are fucking screaming at them to do the 540 and the fucking double chuck and the triple. And now they're like, oh, so-and-so just did the first underflip 16 foot. Who fucking cares? Who cares? What, how many times you can fucking rotate, dude? You know why? Because you didn't take the punishment learning it. You're on a fucking trampoline, wired in, fucking hucking around and getting all your bearings. It's cheating. And, there, and there's no personality. And that's why the sport's going down. Like, so if you're a kid and you love sports, what are you going to aspire to do? Play basketball? Where if you make it, you can sit on the bench, make 250 grand a year, and then get like a $15,000 pension. Or snowboard, where you might make 1500 a month. And you're going to get broken. Snapped in half. When I looked at it, I'm looking at the guys who are doing the best shit in the world. I could maybe do that. Some oh, absolutely. Shit, right? And it was more about these guys look like they're having today. fucking fun. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I'm playing fucking ice hockey and this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and rules. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, man, I, I love outdoor activities. I love sports. Fucking watching football right now. We sit here, me and Mikey, and watch football all weekend. Don't pick up the phone, nothing. But I just can't be a jock about it. It's kind of a sad thing that's going on right now, but it's coming back. Like, a lot of the kids, like, Cokehart and Bodie and all them dudes, it's a lifestyle. Like, it's... Snowboarding's just a part of who they are and what they do. You know, it's funny. The contest kids don't Really, besides Sean White, if you got Cersei for an agent and you're doing contests, you're getting paid. Otherwise, those kids don't make any money. They don't Whatever. look like they're having any fun. They're not, how can you? You don't have fun at contests. You're freezing your ass off. You got two panic runs. And, I mean, the jumps. Do you see McMorris's crash at the X Games last year? Oh, my God, dude. Like, there's a full-size container with, like, a rail up to it and on top of it and then down and he hooked on the top part so he's like three feet above the top of ten fucking bang right fucking ragdoll through the oh my god like yeah i'm good i'm good and i like mark mark's a good kid but it's like that's the shit that these kids are looking at who are doing contests so when you lived in north Bend, you lived at devon's place right? yeah that chesterfield house was next level i heard you were sponsored by a jagermeister i was that's real. That's real. They sent you cases of Jaeger. Cases of Jaeger. Only sponsor I ever quit. Dude, it was so heavy. And the marketing director would come into town, and we'd go to a bar, or I, wherever the fuck I was in the country, and just, you'd get... Do you remember, Jägermeister for a minute was making all these drinks, like the Pez and like all these pint glasses full of Jaeger and other... It was not even cool. And they actually were the first people to... Same import company was doing Grey Goose. So I was on like Grey Goose, Jaeger, and some fucking million dollar sake for like nine months. And then I told it, I was like, dude, I can't do this shit anymore. I can't believe you had that sponsor. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Did you ever get that feeling of like, oh, fuck, the jumps are getting too big. The shit's getting Mm -mm. bad. We jumped big shit back then. I remember at Aspen, they they had like a 110 foot fucking shark tank like i was in bracken i remember getting the call like dude this thing's gnarly it was in aspen it was like 110 foot shark tank some dude broke both his legs came up short and fucking doubled over the ah so i went and jumped it nice. it was it was like accomplishment stuff it wasn't you know what i'm saying it was like i did it once mm-hmm. that's just the way i've always been it's like i don't got insurance man like i'm gonna do this shit once and land it hopefully i'm gonna do it till i land it hopefully i can only do it once and then i'm out of here. How many pro models did they do for you? They did the RJ was the first one, is that right? The first, yeah. I had two years at Ride, and then that was 
really it. When you were on ride, did you ride those horseshoe bindings? Oh, yeah. thing was, uh, it was innovative. Yeah, and, like, yeah. the Burtons were, like, six inches off the board. And I just wanted to feel the snow. So, like, fuck. Yeah. I remember being at the Trans World fucking meeting at Jackson Hole. We had the horseshoes, but we had to put tape on them yeah. because it hadn't come out. And uh, Tony Mag was in the gondola with me, and he was just eyeballing them. I fully remember he was like, Russell's Pro Model is still a functional shape and design by today's standards. It was a it fucking had, perfect like, snowboard that one fifty. Zero camber at that time. Just a little bit that I want. I wanted it to flatten out. And you had you had input into. Your I designed board. that whole fucking thing. I don't see how people can have put their name on a snowboard and not just. It's like it's kind of cheating, man. We were in Redmond, Washington, over here, and I yeah. drove to Blockbuster Video and got the Fat Albert video, and was like, I want that. And they were like, and what? I was like, and what do you mean? Put a line on the top of the dude and a line below it and put my name and that. They're like, you want just that? I was like, yeah. And then a blue fucking top sheet. Baby blue top sheet. And that's it. It was so funny. The first year, me and Jake had that green RJ. Yeah. Like, we had Matt Smith do the graphics. Sick. And it was sick. So, like, we had we spec the board out. We had Matt draw and paint. Rolled it up. Sent it to Seattle. They sent us this thing back, dude, that they had given, like, our graphic to some fucking graphic design company that they paid thousands of dollars for. And, dude, they sent us some shit, and I fucking lost it. Like, that board's never been seen. I think there's one of them or two. I was like, dude, I'm not fucking riding this. Dude, we gave you... It was us blacked out at a fucking keg party getting abducted. Was the was going to be the original base graphic. But they were like, man, we're going to use this thing. And it's like, you're black and Jake's white. And so we're just going to like hit a half. I was like, dude, no, you're not. He even had a part in naming one of Ride's most iconic board series, The Timeless. Or I was like, all right. I was like, I already got the name for it, man. He's like, what's that? I was like, Timeless. Because the shit I'm going to design, me and Rayburg are going to design. It's going to be Timeless. You're going to be able to fucking ride it forever. And then after that, it was over. Rayburg said, do you mind if I use the name? I was like, go ahead, bro. It's all good. Yeah, who stayed when you left? Everybody besides me. And then where'd you go from ride? I rode for World Industries for a minute. Is that when Sluggo was on the team? Oh, yeah. He is a professional. Yeah. Which I never really was. He's a stuntman. He's a stuntman for sure. actual stuntman for real. I've always been more of an apparel person than a fucking board person. I started dub with Ken Block and Damon White. Sick. I didn't own any of it, but I fucking started that shit with so them. you were there in the beginning for that stuff. Yep. Like, the crew in San Diego was, like, me, Rayberg, Nate, Jake, fucking Deerdick, Barbier, Sheffy. Like, and that was, like, the nightly crew. Like, we're going out. So you guys, you know? And now it's just weird. That list of Russell's contemporaries reminded me that he rode in the era that followed the guys I was interviewing in our first season, which was more like Terry Kidwell to Damien. We discussed how that earlier generation inspired and in some ways motivated the 90s pros to advance the sport. Damien was a boss, dude. Nobody's rolling up with fangs, bleach blonde hair, lycra, and fucking playmate of the year. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just some next level shit. Jumping hundred footers in hard boots. Fucking Dracula. I didn't even notice the neon. You know what I mean? Like, I had neon. I thought it was all right. Yeah. Hell like, yeah. It's embarrassing to go back and look and see the shit that we were... It's not riding. embarrassing. It's all coming back right now. No trip, bud. After the interview, Ike and Haldor Helgeson dropped by with various reps and industry guys. Russell's life is still driven by snowboarding and storm watching and spending time with guys he's become close friends with, like Terrier. 
Yeah, man. I spent Christmas with him and his family over in Norway last year. Nice. And uh, he comes over for Baker. We hang out. And then he'll come over with his kids in the summer. Like, they were here 4th of July. Still super good buddies with that dude. He's, he's solid, man. He's never changed his tune. And he's always been right about snowboard shit. Nobody's ever going to be as good as him. Yeah, I'm sorry. Do you see last year when he passed somebody on course? Yeah, he passed somebody on course. I don't think the dude fell. I mean, he, you know, it's like, dude, you shouldn't be in the pro ranks if you're getting passed. I mean, I couldn't even believe it. I was like, wow, Hawking. He's like, yeah, it's going, what the fuck, going so slow. I still got my brushy stalefish in the bag. It's yeah. Still, my stalefish is completely modeled after his. You know, night shoots with all them dudes and Trevor Graves at the Stratton Pipe. Like, that's what it was. East Coast. Brushy was a huge influence. Everybody from the East Coast. Tech Nine should probably just give that kid a check for fucking bringing hip hop into snowboarding. Because yeah, he's went to the mountain. There was snow. No. Caught big air like nobody. No. Jump back in my six foot. Leather seats and a whole lot more. Stevens Pass looks badass. I've never been It's there. epic. Yeah, man. Come fucking shred it up. It's super fun. People are super nice. Yeah. They love snowboarding there. Basically, Utah. Brighton three times longer. Like he brought Roach there, and he was like, what the fuck? going back and back and back. So what do you do for work now? Are you a 9-to-5-er? No, I fucking, whatever, design work when I get it, or uh, trimming reefer. I was working 9-to-5. Yeah. I've had a couple of those. I'm just, I get super burnt out, and then it gets bad. I just can't do that shit really now. I had a great time interviewing Russell Winfield. Thanks a lot, Russell, for inviting me into your home and speaking so candidly about your experiences with snowboarding over the years. Thanks, Mike LeBlanc. Hopefully hear from him in an upcoming episode. Come back next week for another episode of the F and Rad Snowboarding Podcast brought to you by BR Productions.